0: So here we go, everybody. Welcome to the final Kings of Anglia Fan Social 2022. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in all year round. Got another great show lined up. I'm joined this week by Bloomers and good old James as we discuss all things town. Not going to muck about. we going to get them right in before I muck up this intro, as I always do. But Bloomers, how are you, my friend? Another year done and dusted. How's things? I'm good thanks ross it's been a it's been
1: a while since I've had to share my horrendous views on a, on your platform it's been very good uh live treating treat, treat me good lives treating Ipswich town fans pretty good you know seven or eight or nine out of ten depending on your pessimism or optimism and yeah big game on boxing day I will be there I'll be back in sunny old Suffolk for the christmas period so very much looking forward to it and seeing all of you guys. Of course, love it, my
0: friend. And I think maybe the last time you was on Kings of Anglia, it could have been the Charlton game where Danny Haynes gate crashed our yeah. interview. I think, I think, I
1: think you're right. I refused. Refused. I politely declined to do one after the Fleetwood game because I was that <laughs> Um And I think I made the right decision.
0: Yes, Absolutely. yes. Um, of course, you had to probably get a train back as well. So probably better off just in case, you know. Oh, no, I've got everyone else do theirs. That it was, it was, it was great fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> very true. Very true. Very true. Um, but no, uh, great to have you on, my friend. And James, um, fresh off playing five side with you last night, um, Wednesday. Um, how's things with you? I you know you're back in good old Suffolk. Of course, you're a London boy at the moment, but uh, back in Suffolk for the Christmas festive period.
2: Yeah, I'm all good. I'm, I'm the walking wounded today. Got a few... A few toasted on last night. A few, uh few people, a little extra eager going into the Christmas break. They know there's a ambulance strike on. You know they said don't do any heavy contact sports. But last night, a few people were going into some uh, challenges. But yeah, all good fun and a uh, very good time at Five Side as always. And yeah, and in myself, I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, the year is nearly done, but there are still six more points to play for that Ipswich Town can get. So fingers crossed for a perfect Christmas for Town, and we can go into 2023 in the same way or the same kind of success that 2022 has brought so far.
0: Definitely, mate. Um, and, yeah, two more games left to go. Of course, Boxing Day. We're going to have Boxing Day game for the first time since 2019. That is just, oh, I can't wait for that. And, of course, Pompey away. Um, We're going to sum up, though, 2022 in three words, my, my favourite sort of feature. Uh, and, of course, get you guys to expand. It's been a great year as a Town fan. Of course, we did finish 11th in League One in May. Um, but it is what it is. But Anna McKenna, it's been a great year. Uh, of course, second in League One at the moment, um, of course, fresh off the Wickham defeat. Uh, but Bloomers, 2022 in three words. What are they? Uh,
1: three words. Just keep going. It's been a good start to the season. Anyone want to take in your hand off pretty much for the position that we're in at the start of the season? If uh, they would have said you're in a three horse race. You're the bookies' favourite by a comfortable margin to, to win the league. you very short odds to be top two and you're well, minuscule odds to be top six. So it, it would take an unprecedented collapse for us to miss out on at least the playoffs, according to the bookies. There's, again, this will be old grounds that, that I'm treading that I think 99.9% of town fans would have heard before. But it feels different this time, this season. You can see the plans in place. You can see what we're going for and it being pretty much successful in every single metric. I know we're not top of the league. We have had probably, if you look at it, chances to be five, six, seven, eight points clear. And we haven't taken them, but should take a lot of heart from the fact that the two teams that we're in direct competition for, for the the league and the top two are certainly not better than us. I'm not going to say we're much better than them, but, It's a very even playing field and with the manager that we have in place and the caliber of players at our disposal are actually playing more or less to their capabilities, we are in a very strong position. Plymouth are worried about losing players and the fact that they've done an itch every year and and, and tailed off towards the end of the season. Sheffield Wednesday fans don't like their manager. Certainly the the vocal minority on uh, Twitter don't seem to like their manager anyways.
2: Oh just ignore oh, them. Yeah. <laughs> ignore any vocal minority on Twitter. Yeah, who yeah, who'd be a vocal on Twitter?
1: Of, yeah, who'd be a vocal supporter of football team on Twitter? Certainly oh, don't us. don't you dare. <laughs> but um yeah, there's no real angst at our club, which can only be good. Stability is good and it feels different this time. I think actually. We were talking just before this pod started about the darts and uh town fan Ryan Meekle was playing the other day and I read his East Anglian interview, um, which must have taken place just before the world started, and he was asked about it and he said, it feels different this time. And I think that's the, the, the best phrase to say, really. So just keep going. If we do what we've done in the first 22 games of the season, is it 22? you 22? Yeah. It is. If we do that for the next 24, we... Almost certainly, Touchwood will be in the top two. So just keep going. I
2: like yeah, it. and I think keep... I think my uh, I think my first word leads on from Bloomer's whole rhetoric over the last couple of minutes because having known Tom for a, a couple of years now and getting to know him pretty well, I know that he can be highly critical of Ipswich Town uh, at yeah, all I've, I've, ma- I've all made, manner. <laughs> i will made Good. James
1: tear his hair out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i I had a full head of hair before I met Tom, <laughs> but um, so yeah, my first word is optimistic because just hearing you speak there um is just like it's magic to my ears like having Ipswich town fans happy, uh having us talk about positivity because we're doing well for a change rather than oh, this person's made a mistake for this goal or oh, like we, we lost on Saturday and yet we're still sitting here being like, we're, we're not starting the pod like bemoaning a loss at the weekend. We're sitting here saying like, we've had such a good half of the season. So yeah, first word is optimistic and it's simply because we have all witnessed watching us this season quite a lot like between going into live games and going and watching online when we can on iFollow as well and we're seeing we're seeing firsthand like how well we're playing and similar to Tom's point we've let we've actually let quite a lot of points go this season uh there's draws which should have easily been wins so we we could have that extra we could be six more points we could be few points clear but again we're not talking about that we're just saying because we're putting in fairly consistent performances it's been really good so that was first word optimistic second word is silky and this is more this is completely to do with our style of play at the moment i actually it's actually probably since joe royal days and i was quite young i was only nine, uh, nine ten years old then it's probably the best football that we've played style wise sometimes our build up is a little ponderous sometimes you kind of want to create more chances But they're only very minor points. And I genuinely think that some of our football is quite scintillating at times. We have a lot of the ball and we also seem to create enough chances to keep at least me happy. And we definitely score enough goals to keep me happy in general. So silky football has been this season.
1: I'm going to jump in and quickly ask because it's, you know, we we know each other quite well. So this will be quite a quite a loose, loose pod. Do you think that we should have more of a plan B? Sometimes we don't have it. We don't even have a plan A, too. Like plan A is plan B, C, D, E, F. Um, See, first time I've done the alphabet in a while. I had to think about it. Then
2: I was actually, I was actually thinking about this earlier today, and I was thinking that, especially when I was watching us on Saturday, I was thinking we were quite uh, similar in our build-up every single time. Quite ponderous. Very happy to pass it around the back. Try and move around their defense. And when you come across a team like Wickham were, when they've gone 1-0 up, or when you play Lincoln, like when we also lost 1-0, um, you're right, Tom. We like we don't really have that plan B option. We don't really have the long ball option. We, we have seen it occasionally this season, maybe a bit more at Derby at home. I think we did a little bit more of the direct football. But most of the time, it might not have been that game, but there's there definitely a couple of games this season we've been a little bit more direct in our approach. But it seems to be that what happens is they do like the coaching staff, they do the analysis before the game, they decide on the game plan and then that game plan gets executed throughout the whole game. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure yet about how much in game um, changes there are. It's like, yep, we're going to do something completely different to what we researched. And you could say that, you know, if you're putting so much preparation into it, potentially you just should stick to it because if you're playing on statistics 90 percent of the time it's going to work so therefore that you'll yeah. just play the statistics it's, and be like yeah, yeah we're good with it but it's, 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 there, a, there is an argument
1: yeah this is it we're, i think we're very moneyball so like we, we look at the, i think to borrow a phrase from uh, not the top 20 the, probably the most famous efl podcaster is around and i listen to all the time uh i think they're slaves to the data uh, mm. whether that's a good or a bad thing can be discussed on uh, on different merits but I do feel sometimes that, again, maybe it's just because they're such, such a young coaching staff that their own feet, that sometimes, you know, some uh, more experienced managers can can see what's happening and, and make a change on the flight. You only have to look at the World Cup final on Sunday yeah. to see examples of of um, that coming to fruition. Because France and Didier Deschamps, if they'd have carried on their game plan in the second half, they'd have lost about 5-0. The fact he, that he saw what was happening made changes and okay they were maybe a little bit fortunate to get back into it too too but it, without it they'd have been dead in the water long before they had a chance to get back in the game so absolutely a, yeah we're talking very minor critiques here but it is something I've, I've noted and like i think it was the cambridge game and i've mentioned it a few times but we spent 99 percent of the game doing one thing and 99 times we tried it hundredth time it worked but like, great but like it's it's one of those ones where it could been be ninety minutes nil nil, and you're sitting there and we're having this exact conversation. So sorry, I derail. Yeah, I, was, I no, want to no, hear a third now.
2: Actually, I was just I was just going to do a quick anecdote on data because I was in a talk the other day and it was about how NBA um, basketball has completely changed in the last ten to fifteen yes. years. And there's this brilliant diagram. So look it up on Google afterwards. But it's about the um, kind of the average amount of points that you score from different zones. Uh, within the basketball court, and what would happen is there's so everything inside the D is two points, and then everything outside the D is three points. And what was happening in the early noughties is people be shooting with from everywhere inside the D, from right under the basket to all the way up to the edge of the D, and that would be two points. That would score you two points every time. So right under the basket, you're your expected points almost would be like 1.8. So it would be pretty high. So it'd be really highly concentrated color. And then as you got out further towards the edge of the D, it would slowly decrease and decrease where you are only getting about 0.7, 0.8 just inside the D. And then as soon as you jumped outside the D again, you you, you get three points for that. So your expected points jumps up to something like 2.0 again. So what happened in the kind of about 10 years ago is people went for this money ball data driven approach and they just basically told players just stop shooting inside the D but like in the midcourt stop shooting in the midcourt it's not worth it we don't want to do it work the way work the ball either into the net like right under the net or. Ah, uh, go and shoot outside the D, and that, and then literally. So now in NBA, you get hardly any mid-court shooting within the D. It's all like behind the three-point line or right under the basket. And I just, okay. it just kind of sums up Ipswich's approach. It's like we're going outside the D every time to try that approach, or we're going well, under the saying, basket every time.
1: Yeah, hilariously, <laughs> we don't take any long shots. All we do, is try <laughs> yeah, the, like we are literally doing the inverse of that. All we do is try and get it out wide, put a ball across, and and have someone try and knock it in. We're we're um, trying okay. to go under
2: the basket every time.
1: <laughs>
0: this, is, yeah, this, was, isn't
1: an, this isn't yeah. an NBA podcast. Sorry, Ross.
0: Go on. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I take that point as well. We'd never shoot from outside the box. The amount of times we could have done it against Wickham, like Sam would th- take a shot. Yeah.
2: If you think about the kind of last minute goals that we've conceded, I just I'm mm. just literally thinking about the one the other week, the the one that looped over Walton. Um, it seems more often than not that people just take pot shots and we're like, oh, that's so unfortunate that we can see in the last minute with a <laughs> deflected long range shot, but we don't do it in response. Like we always try and keep the build-up into the injury time if we need a goal. So yeah, I think that, or, uh, that could uh, work. Both
0: both are Plymouth's goals against us. They're both really long range, good goals. Um, yeah. So maybe, yeah. yeah. If you Although, listen,
1: I must admit that our goal for that game was
0: extremely
1: fortunate. So, yeah, that as well. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> so, yeah. Robber the green and all that. So, yeah. Defender so, here, basically,
2: I'm so. oh, sorry. Yeah, may, maybe our data driven approach works percentage wise and will get us promoted. But, mm. like, it sometimes in a data driven environment, and data driven world, it doesn't leave a lot of excitement or natural creativity or flair. So maybe that's just, uh, maybe that's the way it's going to be. We're very cutthroat and we're data driven and we know it's going to work. So we're going to do it that way. But yeah, it means it's me- very methodical, very thought through and yeah, it's going to work most of the time. But when it doesn't work, it will probably frustrate us because it's just like, oh, somebody just do something. Someone just like, do something different and try it and score. But I don't think that's the approach that this coaching staff are going for. And I'm fine with that as long as yeah. we, win you know as long as we win that percentage of results as long as we average the two point 2.1 point points a game which is going to get us promoted you know effective football and uh we haven't seen much of ipswich town getting promoted like in the last 20 plus years so or none so uh it'd be a quite nice change uh, i will quickly touch on my third word because i yeah. realized we got highly sidetracked there That's and right. my third my third word is unified And I I say unified between the staff and the players. I say unified between the players themselves. There's a lot of big, no, not a lot. There are some big characters in that dressing room, but I don't think there's a lot of huge egos like we might have had in the past. And what I mean by that is I don't feel like too many players are going to get too big for their boots. They're all pulling in the same direction. They all know what the goal is this season. And they're kind of, they seem like a good, humble bunch obviously professional footballers so they get paid a lot so humble I don't know but you know I actually think they're quite genuine as a group and I think that makes it easy to work hard for each other and it means as fans as well it's easy to kind of get behind them as well so also unified between fans and star and, and like the coaching team and fans and the players um the kind of community feel has been really good this season. I feel like there's been a lot of positive noise from owners and fans, from owners with management staff. And I, I just, I feel like the whole club has got the same goal and there's no like us and them mentality that we might've had under certain other managers. And there's no, uh, there's, I mean, there's no real animosity between anybody. I think everybody has the same goal for this club well, to get promoted,
1: yeah. yeah I think everyone realises that we're, we, we've got the right uh captain aboard the ship I don't know why I did a nautical pun but like it's like yeah it just feels
2: it's because it's a uh, H- HMS pistol league isn't it so that's why yes. you did a nautical pun I mean
1: Ooh. to be honest if that was the case then there'd be more sinkings in Ipswich in the bloody Titanic so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's
2: already uh, it's already set sail uh, three times and, and sunk
1: um, Ross, without trace. What are your, Ross, what are your three words?
0: Uh, I was talking yeah, about this I'm earlier. Inspired. Oh yeah, the <laughs> spot. Uh, to be fair, I was I was actually ready for that. I was ready for James or yourself to go. Oh, what's your three words really? Because I always I I ask the questions, but then I never actually get the answers either. So um, we're going up. <laughs> um, that's forward isn't it? That's forward Well, apost- yeah. no, it's yeah. possibly. No, possibly. that's fine.
2: That's fine. fine. So yeah, we. Are go you up. gonna be? Are you gonna be bringing the "We're Going Up" flag to whatever game we get promoted at? You know, yeah. you know, oh, yeah, it's you Yeah, have
1: to pack that, aren't they? Yeah.
2: Yeah, there's yeah. a fame the, the famous picture at Wembley 2000 with "We're Going Up." We, I want the if we go up, we need a similar yeah. flag this season. Let's do,
1: it. We'll do it I imagine yeah. that'd be the job of uh, James Pullman, would not it? probably it, uh, get the kit
0: man yeah 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 because that yeah I'm, and of course i'm sure the league themselves i think they normally give them some flags and stuff. Anyway, yeah so... getting way ahead of ourselves <laughs> so you can get the sky yeah, bet yeah. you can get the sky yeah. bet branding
2: on there that's why the league provide them that's definitely
0: um but yeah i'm just getting you know i'm just going with my heart this year as i said previous years i've gone with my head yeah they're gonna so, see, so ross
2: are we officially saying that the, the season is not over at that at this point in time
0: yeah, this time last year, I was pretty much yes, he's dead. There's no point in even planning the final 22 games of the season. I, mean, I, remember, I,
1: remember, I remember sitting there in October saying we might be in relegation battle in six games. So <laughs> that, that's that's, the, that's, what, that's where you've got that's where you've got to sit back and take stock and realise how how different it is. Definitely. And it is very very different. Lovely, yeah. lovely stuff.
0: Definitely. Or well, when we started this fan social, you know, podcast, you know, it was a lot of negativity. Of course, this is more counseling session, but now it's more like we're loving it. We're just loving it, loving the football, loving yeah. the silky football, as um as James says. Yeah, um, I think uh, I said I think I said a few months ago
2: as well, like if you can't enjoy being an Ipswich supporter now, then I don't think you will ever enjoy supporting a football club because I you know, we've had a lot of pain over the last hour well, since we've both since we've all supported Ipswich Town. And this is some of the best stuff that we've ever seen and some of the best results we're getting. So it's, this is a time to enjoy it. If we don't get, if we end up, don't get promoted, then it's going to suck so bad, but like, you know, we, we, you got to enjoy the journey as well.
0: Definitely. I'll be going back to my head there and going, oh, God's sake. I should have just said, nah, they're not going to do it. But nah, it's all good. All positivity. Um, Well, let's move on then to, of course, the January transfer window is fast approaching. Um, Of course, players get linked already. Um, A former town loany out of nowhere. um, It's now been 10 years since he last played for us, Massimo Luongo, which is great to say, by the way, boys. I love Sam. Massimo Luongo. Great. Massimo
2: Luongo. It's nice, isn't it? No, I don't. I'm. I'm nailed it yet. I'll. I'll get to it later.
0: If If I can somewhat nail it, anyone else can. But yeah, Massimo Luongo is training with the Blues. Um, both quick thoughts on that when you saw the news, and you know he's a he's gonna be a free agent. It looks like in January, he's got a short term deal with Middlesbrough. Of course, was at Sheffield Wednesday with QPR as well. You know, was on loan back in 2012. But can you remember much that loan spell? Once again, that was 10 years ago. Yeah, take away boys.
1: We'll yeah, I was just I was, that was going to be part of my answer. Like I was just just thinking about I mean, like personally that was my first year of university and it feels like an absolute lifetime ago and it was also one two three four managers ago. So which actually that if you're a derby fan that's only about 2 years but like it's a long time ago for Ipswich fans so yeah, it does feel really alien and I've got to be honest, no, I don't really remember a lot about him at all. Um, it's not my job to be a uh, historian uh, on the club, so I, I can't lie to you and so I remember loads. From what he did at Sheffield Wednesday last season, uh, it seems like a good thing on paper, you know, a bit of midfield depth. If he doesn't play every game, okay, fine. Like, there is when everyone's fit, sufficient enough depth there anyways. If it's a uh, Another body to bring in to, you know, stave off the likes of Morsey and Evans getting out and then being up, uh, up Poop Creek without a paddle. Then, then yeah, it seems like a no-brainer. I don't know what he'd want, what wages he'd want, or if it's just been like a short-term thing to the end of the season. But I gotta be honest, there's there's worse shouts out there and, and less realistic shouts out there, especially now that he's playing for uh, training with us. So so yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Uh, you know, it is a bit annoying when you sign a player who. Uh, is injured or has had injury issues and then the, the worst happens and I don't know if we're getting on to that later but obviously the news about uh, Kamara isn't the best yeah. so you know these things do happen but I guess if we've got the financial clout to take a pump and, and one of these signings do come off then, then happy days and and it's not like a make or break signing so yeah for me I'd...
2: Is there any positions on the pitch Bloomers, that you would say if we were linked with somebody you'd be like nah not required goalkeeper, goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah just goal, just goalkeeper
1: yeah well i was being a bit facetious with that answer but um, yeah like yeah i mean with outfield players there's always always a need for depth. you can't really have, an out, have enough especially in the rough and tumble of league one where you've got 46 challenging league one games i know we're not in uh the league cup anymore we're not in the jp or whatever it's called now Cabbage john's trophy yes we're in the fa cup but we're not gonna get to the you know Later stages of it, realistically. So,
2: is I'd it say, still reliable? To, what's that, I'd sorry? say n- number number ten slash right wing. I don't think we need anybody else there. That that if I if I saw we were linked with another number ten, I'd be questioning. I'd be like, hang on a minute, what's going on so here? Hang on, right, so
1: we're saying so we're saying centre backs maybe, wing backs maybe, uh anchor anchor midfielders maybe. Don't touch the wide players or the number tens, and then maybe another striker. Yeah, I'd That's say, strong, I'd,
2: strong yeah, I'd say potential. I'd say anything behind the striker but attacking, I think we're probably set for there. I think I that think it is. would, I think it might upset the apple cart a little bit too much if we, um if we brought someone else in and if somebody else, if somebody else was linked, I would think that that might suggest bigger injury concerns for, for somebody, for somebody, yeah, I, I either a or Harness.
1: I honestly don't think there's many egos in the squad at all actually compared to like other seasons. I think in terms of upset the apple cart, I don't, think in terms of like upsetting other players that would happen in terms of like upsetting a winning side yeah i I get your point like that does happen sometimes whether the manager sees it or not um but yeah what's your memories of massimo james if any
2: i don't really have any memories to be honest it's quite like quite a lot of players in that period they seem to just come and go very too quickly we seem to be really over reliant on loans a lot of the time uh and he, he was one of them um and it kind of all just merges and fades into one. Um, so not a lot of memories, but That's going what back. Happens
1: through,
2: really. Oh, don't. <laughs> but I would say that yeah, that is a position where we're playing at the moment. We're playing Cam Humphreys every week, so I can kind of understand why I've wanted to um, strengthen there. Cam's done really well, and I've been actually really impressed with the way he's been playing. But I certainly would, I, I certainly would agree that. If Don Ball's out and Benicio Camera's out, like for may- maybe all of the season, mm-hmm. you're thinking, yeah, you probably want a fourth player in there with Evans, Morsey, and Humphreys mm-hmm. to, to kind of battle out because that's the that I think that's what we were set up to do, really, with Camera and Ball and Morsey and Evans. And as it's turned out that, two, like, two of them have got injured. So well, yeah, two of them got injured. So bringing in another one seems sensible
0: to me yeah and you guys sort of covered the sort of your chopping list for january there in terms of positions. yeah i Um... I,
2: i think i would probably go with be very mindful and careful and i think we have been in the recruitment for for this season about the kind of characters we bring in and about the kind of players we bring in i don't think this squad needs a lot to get promoted i think it would i i don't think we need a striker I just don't I don't think we need any I don't think we need any more attacking players I think central midfield is probably uh probably the place I would strengthen um maybe a, maybe a right back mm-hmm. might be might be about it
1: well on not on not on that note but on the notes of uh bringing in players Ross I believe we are uh linked with mm-hmm. a
0: Peter united player. Yeah, once again, of course was linked in the summer, Kieran McKenna was interested in him and now once again he's linked um a transfer inquiry has been made apparently that was understood. Um he played against us a few weeks back of course in the town win against peterborough. Um four goals 25 games this season. Well, actually, actually you say, yeah. Oh, actually. Oh, yeah, Jack Taylor. Jack Taylor, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what is his actual position on the pitch? What's his versatile midfielder. I think he can play attacking mid if you know a number tennis which is sort of what you say you don't need but you can also play deep midfield and center midfield and stuff like that so versatile and that's what michael likes doesn't he likes versatile players um i don't know if you saw the the story that we put out i think after the the link last summer basically barry fry sort of sort of tongue in cheek said 10 million pounds that is his price tag Yes, i remember
1: bro yeah still about yeah
0: Oh. Yeah, he's still there. Oh, okay i reckon
2: cool. i personally reckon that's a bit of a smoke and mirror games potentially yeah. Maybe an inquiry for...
1: i've seen barry fry do transfer business that is smoke and mirrors yeah. <laughs> no, if you don't but know, but know, you know what i'm on I'm... about the youtube clip type in barry fry transfer or something like that there's a <laughs> they, they cameras let him into the boardroom once i think he was at birmingham and uh he was conducting business with an agent with a, with a player right there it is fantastic it's very <laughs> harry redknapp harry esque so have oh, it's very oh. actually it's be a bit more cultural it's more it's more tom skinner esque uh so have a look at that if uh, if you haven't already sorry james go on
2: no no i was just i was just going to say uh yeah i feel like that could be a bit of a carrot that's been dangled but actually whether i think the it might be to dive ashton or Whatever the Ipswich recruitment team is actually diverting mm-hmm. attention elsewhere, because we're not, we don't commonly hear about links until we sign a player. So I'd be, I'd be surprised if we hear we're linked with player after player in this January transfer window and ending up going to sign them. Like, I can't mm-hmm. see us going and releasing something publicly or yeah. letting something get released publicly and then yeah. like we chase them all window and then we sign them for an overly inflated price. I just don't think that's going to happen.
0: that's what happened in the summer weren't it that's what happened in the summer
2: yeah with george Hurst for ages and when in the end we didn't sign him so yeah right
1: yeah i mean on taylor himself um i can't profess to give you a fountain of knowledge about him but again he was by the sounds of it possibly sought after in the summer and circumstances might have changed so that it's a more viable prospect now but um
2: I think he ticks the boxes for, like, the dashboard and for the type of player. Like, he's he's 24, I think I read, so, yeah. like, really really, really good age for like the, if you're thinking from a business sense, like, if you think you can improve a player and then sell him on in two three seasons time, like, there's a potential that's a six, seven million pound player there uh, in in a few seasons time, whereas, and now he might cost a million and a half or something. So, yeah, you know, there's real potential there, but whether we actually yeah. need somebody there, not
0: sure.
1: I think the last thing I'll say is that hopefully, if we do sign him, he ends up better than the last Taylor that we signed from here. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh. oh dear, Paul Taylor, Paul, Paul Taylor. Oh, let's not go what there, mean, please. I wonder what he's doing these days. He's definitely. I think he was playing non-league, but yeah, that's, that's all we need to know. Um, but yeah. <laughs> nah. Because we were going to sign George Boyd as well, weren't we? I think we are going to sign them both and eventually we just got Paul Taylor. and. Yeah, that's yeah. correct.
1: And George Boyd, famously the one who, I think it was at Hull, had a medical and they thought he was blind or something like that, so didn't <laughs> sign him. Then went to Nottingham For I'm, I'm not making this up. Then went to Nottingham Forest and ended up being amazing. I will find out the exact story of that while I use the, the
0: next topic, Ross. Give me two seconds. That's fine. That's fine. Um But yeah. we've Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know where to go with this now. Just let's <laughs> move on. Let's move on. on. Um, well, bloomers. Look, uh, well, the next feature is actually the strike. So, some more ridiculous stuff now on the podcast. Um, of course, as always, pens and paper at the ready. Play at home. Um, and of course, there's also going to be next week. We're going to be doing a quiz, a live quiz of 2022. So, um, look forward to that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, bloomers, have you been able to find it yet? Or, or yes, you... I have. So I got. I'm. I, I was right in what I said, but I got the teams
1: wrong. So uh, in the in January 2013, uh, he got a move potentially agreed with Nottingham Forest. Forest pulled out of the deal and um, said it was due to an inconclusive eye test. And uh, Darren McAntony, obviously that famous shrinking violet, said um, he's played 300 matches and scored from the halfway line the other month. But Forrest say he has an eyesight problem. The whole thing stinks. So he ended up staying uh, for another month and then joined Hull City on loan uh, in February 2013 with a view to a permanent move, which happened. (laughs) (laughs) I had to double check that. (laughs) Joined on a two-year contract in 2013. uh, Sounds like
2: with Forrest, it was fee agreed, terms agreed, and they had to make some BS excuses. Yeah, the classic football
1: manager one where you sign two people at the same time and you end up actually (laughs) being able to sign both of them. But
0: there's one that you actually wanted, so you cancel the other one to get the yeah. other one through. We've all done Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that is. Cra- oh, I'm sure there's so many other incredible, like, you know, medical stories. I'm sure I'm at town. I'm sure, yeah. I mean, yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, then, boys, let's get into the strike then. Um, four questions plus the, the final strike of 2022. And so we are going to be doing a quiz next week, but that won't be the same format as the strike. But this is the final one. Is James O'Bloom is going to be champion? To end the year. Um, first question is on Leif Davis, of course, been so far the player of the season. He's also his birthday on the 31st of December. Um, Saturday birthday to him for then. Um, now he was at which League One size academy? Was it Morecambe, Bolton, or Port Vale? So before joining Leeds, he was at this um League One Academy. He also, of course, was born in Newcastle, but wasn't at a Newcastle Academy and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a uh, Little fun fact here. Um, but yeah, what a player he's been so far from his debut to what he's doing now. Hi, right, then, boys. What do you reckon then? More could- I'm not sure.
2: I'm not, I've done the strike probably about you know six or seven times now. I don't, th- I think there's been about like three questions I've actually known in the whole history of me doing the strike. I'm absolutely atrocious, this game, but let's have some guesses. Go ahead. Okay, I've gone for Bolton.
1: I thought that was, I thought that was saying up for him to tell us that he knew this one.
2: Yeah. Oh, no.
0: Not at all. No, well,
1: funny <laughs> enough, i will go for Bolton as well. My reasoning was obviously he was at Leeds, and it's the nearest place to Leeds on that list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you're both wrong,
0: though. You're both wrong. Oh. <laughs>
1: it's,
0: actually, it's actually Morecambe of all okay, teams.
1: A, that was the one I wasn't going to say. So, fun. yeah.
0: Morecambe of all teams. Fair so, enough. When we, yeah. So, there we go. So, no points for either of you. Um, question two, and it is about middle names once again. Um, Terry Butcher has his birthday this month. Uh, what is his middle name? <laughs> Ian, John, or Ken? Solid
1: names there. Two, two, two of those names are in my family. So there we go. They are solid old names. <laughs> apologies <Sorry>. to apologies <laughs> to my granddad and my uncle. That apologies <laughs> to all Ians, Johns, yeah. and Although Kens listening in.
0: Well, I am right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Wasn't it? Um, was it in this World Cup? Was it the first time there was like no player called Gary or something? I,
1: don't, I, think I don't know, but that's an incredible stat. I
0: mean,
1: yeah. Gary Gary Medell holding that for
0: ages. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I think it is the stat. Yeah,
2: I think. Uh, well, I was watching the final coverage as well, and Gary Lineker said that every number between one and twenty three scored a goal. Like that one was an own goal, but every every other number had scored a goal in the World Cup. I thought that was fantastic. That
1: is good correct. Stat.
0: Great stat. stat. Love that. Um, okay, to right, voice. Ian, good. John, or Ken.
1: I've gone oh, sorry, I've gone
2: for Ian. Oh my god, we spent too much time together. I have gone for Ian. <laughs> and
0: uh, well, both correct. It is Ian. There yes. Ian Butcher. There we go. Um Terry John Butcher could still work. Terry Ken Butcher could work. Not Ken. Is... Not,
2: not Ken Butcher. No,
0: no, not Ken Butcher.
2: Terry oh, Pat, Pat Butcher. Butcher. That that would work.
0: <laughs> yeah, <it> would... <laughs> oh, I should have done that as an option, actually, Patrick. <laughs> Should have done that, why not? <laughs> Maybe you would have tricked that. I could have tricked you. And, oh, I... Yeah, yeah. I
1: wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone for
0: it. I no. couldn't have done it. Oh, but no, it is Ian and it is 1-1 one, one going to question three. Question three, and now this is a bit long-winded, this question, but I hope it makes sense, but bear with me. Um, Kieran Dyer, it's his birthday this month as well. Now, he made his debut and played his final town game against the same team, but who? Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 his debut. Okay. I was against Sheffield United, Crystal Palace or Reading. So made his debut and his final town game. Of course, he had that loan spell, didn't he, back in 2011. Um, so basically that, his final game. And when I was looking at the stat, I was like, on the same team. So I thought, that is a strike question. That is going to be named. So um, yeah. yeah, Sheffield United, Crystal Palace or Reading. Of course, both games were at Portland Road in the championship as well.
2: Oh. Okay. Actually, uh I've written it now, but I want to change my answer. But I've written it now, so let's let's stick with it. Go on.
0: Always stick to always stick yeah. to our first answer.
2: Yeah. I've gone for Reading.
0: Okay.
1: I've gone for Sheffield United. Okay. Yeah. And, and if this is wrong, I'll give my reasoning. And if it's right, I'll give my reasoning.
0: Okay. Uh, so James, what, what are you thinking about changing the team? I it think to? I think Reading
2: might have been in a lower division when Kieran Dyer would have played his debut would have made his debut. Like, I think they a more, a more recent championship side, I, I don't think they would have been in a championship then.
0: They were, they were. They
2: were. They were? They were. They were. Okay.
0: Yeah. okay All good. these teams here oh. were in the, yeah, in the that's same good division. Start. Um, uh, you're both wrong, though. It's Crystal Palace. Oh. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, was, I was convinced that uh, he would have played his last game in a playoff game. And he played Sheffield United in the playoffs in the 90s.
0: No, remember, oh, remember he, he returned on loan in 2011.
1: Oh, for God's sake. I did hey, say you know that. What? I completely forgot about he,
0: he that. He did say that as well. I did say
1: that as well. We <laughs> were on about Massimo Longo and loan. Oh, really? I was. Oh, I was to be watching the dance. We were on about um, <laughs> we on about lone players that you just completely forget about with Massimo Longo. Well, there you go.
0: Kieran Dyer yeah. is is that. Well. Jesus. Um, but there we go. Um, oh, final so question it. is on Ma- Massimo Longo. Actually, um, so Segway's lovely. lovely. Um, now he scored one goal in eleven games for Town, but who Ooh. set up his goal? Against Carlisle, which we lost in extra time in the cup, uh, was it Jay Emmanuel Thomas, Josh Carson, remember him, or Carlos Edwards? It's actually a really good goal. Actually, somehow, is on YouTube that goal, despite us losing against Carlisle. Um, but yeah, it's not a bad little finish. Good little setup from one of these three players. Um, now, whoever gets the right, of course, they win. We do have a tiebreaker, and we'll we'll use it because fun and all that, and gambling and all that. Gambling hey. Um But yes, James. Okay,
2: I've gone for Josh Carson. Ooh. Okay,
1: I've gone for on the, on the purely on the basis that I'm going to be seeing him on the 27th uh, away at AFC Sudbury. Uh, I've gone for Carlos Edwards. and a little picture of a car there.
0: Whoa, <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, you're both wrong. It's Jay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is just so the tiebreaker is needed. Wow, wow! What yeah. an absolute thriller this has been. It's been yeah. <laughs> The one answer you got right was the middle name of Terry Butcher, which was Ian. Um, and a tiebreaker is not multiple choice; it is the closest to the correct answer. Maybe that's what is needed more often. Is just, yeah, just random. We're both
2: guessing. get we both get exact now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have a tiebreaker, boys. So don't do that, please. Um, now, how many times? have Town 1 on Boxing Day since 2000. Yeah, I wasn't going to go back to like the 50s, that's so it's just too much. just yeah. for 2000s. So, um, 19 games were, has been played in total, um, the last being a goalless draw with Gillingham. So, that's one draw. Um, so, that's not one win there. Um, of course, in 2019 was the last time, Paul Lambert, of course, in charge. But yeah, 19 games since 2000. How many do you reckon we've won?
2: I've got a number.
0: Okay. Of course, closest gets the point, or wins, basically. If you get a bang on, well done. Okay. Bloomers, Do you want to go first or second?
1: Uh, I'll go first. Uh, I okay. think it's, well, on the basis that I'm struggling to remember one, apart from one, and we'll get to this later, um, I've gone for a low number. I've gone for four. Okay. Oh,
2: Bloomers, don't say four. Don't say four. Oh! <laughs> Bloody hell, boys. <laughs>
0: I tell oh, you why.
2: I think I've got recency bias as well, similar to bloomers. But you know, I I can't remember a lot of wins in Boxing I Day. Can, and I've, I've so...
1: can, oh Christ! Actually, I've just remembered another one. So I can remember three now. So,
2: so it's, we've we've, we've drawn the strike. We've gone out on we'll, the strike we'll, as a draw. We'll,
1: yeah, we'll we'll do the charity shield thing and share the trophy. You remember, <laughs> they used to do that.
0: We'd share <laughs> yeah.
1: the trophy up Charity shield. <sighs>
0: How was, many was it? It's actually eight wins. Actually eight, eight wins. wins. Eight we out of nineteen.
2: Football. That's that's low. I
0: think in the two thousand, you know, early two thousand we got a few wins. You know, I think we well, beat clearly. Leicester one year, uh, a few times on the Joe Royal. Um Right. right. So, yeah, hold hold wins. that
1: before you say any more, Ross. I know what's coming up as the next part of the show. So don't say any because it will give away some of our... Whoa, and now we um, cut
2: to our sponsors, Manscaped and Ginger Pickle. Yes. For really all nice. of your grooming and advertising needs.
1: I wasn't saying seg- <laughs> going
0: into that. Um, that would be quite a good Yeah. Like, I wish I was more prepared to have an another tiebreaker, but I don't. But as you said, you're going to share it and why not? We'll to we'll end-, the trophy. Yeah. end the strike this year. It's been shared with James and Bloomers. In, in
1: the spirit of Christmas.
0: Yeah. It's I'm
2: happy to share the strike trophy. It's the most, yeah. the most strike trophies I've ever had. Half. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. I've now got half a strike trophy.
0: To my name. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully next year, James, you'll have a better time at it. Oh uh, Yeah. Um, Definitely. Uh, well, as Bloomers has already said, it does segue nicely into Boxing Day games. We haven't had one for a while. We're gonna be talking about the best and worst festive town fixtures you've been at. Um, so, Bloomers, start. We're gonna start off with the worst, then we'll get to the best. So, Bloomers, go to your the worst one in terms of just the game itself, maybe, and just all the whole once, day itself.
1: Yeah. Once again, recency bias is coming up here because it came up on the uh, bottom of the the tiebreak, the tiebreak question, and I was there. That goalless draw against Gillingham a few years ago was dross. To put it into perspective, it was my dad's christmas day present uh i drove so i was sober um we sat in section six not that there's nothing wrong with that it just happened that we had a annoying section six person next to us i was again not tarnishing section six with the same rush. just he was uh and it rained all day that day and the water coming down from the roof was hitting us in the head it just where we were sitting you couldn't like could make it any worse and it was a horrendous, horrendous
0: game. So that's that's certainly up there. I, yeah. I was lucky I didn't I had that off that day, so I didn't go. I um, had a plan, so I was pleased I missed that, but I heard some bad things. And of course Paul Ambert in his press conference sort of said, Yeah, if he wants me to go, I'll go. And then New Year's Day signed a five-year deal, which was uh, <laughs> it's even worse. You have to laugh when you put it into perspective like that. Yeah, yeah. God, five years. Uh, James, what's, what's been your worst Boxing days? the same or have you got another one?
2: No, so I've got another game. Um, and I don't remember a lot about this game because I try and forget all games which we lose slash play badly. But I remember that we lost 3-0 um, away to QPR on Boxing Day. And I remember listening on the radio and basically it just being pretty pretty drab affair from Ipswich Town. It's basically like interrupt family to listen on the radio and then quickly turn it off and it was a bit bit of a disappointment. So that, that was Boxing Day 2018. That was um that was pretty appalling. Um but I don't have many thoughts about that game. Uh flexing the flexing the boxing day a bit. Actually no this is still about boxing day. My best games are not about boxing day but um I remember 2010 Boxing Day. Um, uh, when we, we play at home, I get a pass, a free pass from the family to go down and watch them. So uh, thank mm. you very much to my family for that. Uh, in 2010, we were playing Watford on Boxing Day. Uh, my mum had driven me down to the ground to, to go to the game. And it was about 90 minutes before kickoff and she'd driven away. And then uh, word went around the stadium that the match had been abandoned uh, due to a frozen pitch. So I was down at Portman Road, freezing the freezing everything off, and uh, the match had been abandoned. So I was quickly on the phone again to uh, to my mum, saying, "Oh, can you pick me up? You, the match is not on anymore." And it was, yeah, it was like half us one, which was the the decision was made, which for a three o'clock kickoff, so very bizarre. And in a way, um, similar theme to the last couple of years as well. When fixtures don't happen on Boxing Day, it's almost worse than that us. No, it's maybe not worse than us losing, but I just hate it so much when we don't play on Boxing Day because it's a very much tradition in in my routine that on Boxing Day I'll either listen to it on the radio or go down in person on the road. So when we don't have a game, it uh, it feels like it's not a proper Christmas. So it'd be really nice to um, get down on Boxing Day this year.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's been yeah three years, um, and of course that Julian game, short sure wasn't you know the, it wasn't as packed as it's going to be Boxing yeah, Day history it's Oxford.
2: Last year was Northampton was postponed because they had COVID. And then the year before, or was it the other way around?
0: Other way around. One year it was like we had
2: COVID. No, maybe it was two years ago we had COVID because I think Paul Lambert had COVID. One year ago, the other team had COVID and they got postponed. Yeah. I can't remember which way around it was, but I can't remember who the teams were either.
0: But I Gillingham, it was Gillingham again, I think, last year because we then played yeah. Gillingham in the new year, of course, which was Kimmich in second game. Um, oh, well,
1: and it absolutely hailed it down
0: the whole time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. There we go. Okay then. Yeah. The times. Yes. Let's get back to some positivity. Um, your best and bloomers. We sort of expand this to just December fixtures in total because there's one special uh, game. I'll on do. November.
1: I'll do two Boxing Day ones. I'll do yeah, that's fine. It's fine. it's fine. Take um, it away. So one of them we've actually already spoke about this team, QPR we keep played KPR loads on Boxing Day uh, recently. I, I don't know why. Is, uh, there,
2: is there a thing about Boxing Day fixtures where they try and always, get you geographically so, close?
1: So, speaking to my uh, uh, dad, who is not older than me, that's kind of how as you works. Um, he said to me that, yes, in Boxing, originally on Boxing Day, you'd always play your local rivals, or if not them, a team right near you. Is that because of the train
2: that... trains? There's no trains on boxing day or something Possibly,
1: like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I that's actually quite a sound
2: Stop, stops.
1: For. I don't, it means I don't know. means the team doesn't have
2: to be... travel far, like they can be with their family yeah, on Christmas but, Day. And, and then...
1: also, you'd also play them twice in like three days. Again, maybe it's because of the transport thing. Um, you'd play them you'd play both t- the same team really close together. So obviously nowadays that's less of an issue, especially with all four teams well. having private travel.
0: Well, but, back in yeah. the day, they used to play on Christmas Day, didn't they? I think um, back in the 50s and stuff, I think mean, they used to play Christmas Day, which is just crazy. Uh, if, you um, go, if
1: you go to American sports like the NBA yes. and the uh, uh, NFL, that still happens. In, in yes. fact, you're at a loose end on Christmas Day, there's a couple of cracking – well, actually, no, they're not cracking. But there's a couple of good uh, American football games to watch. So I, I would advise you to do that. Uh, going back to the, the, the question, so the two games I remember the most, one of them isn't the obvious one. Uh, one of them is fake QPR a few years ago. I looked at this before I came on the pod to double-check the year. It was 2015, so the year after we got in the playoffs. And we beat QPR 2-1 at Portman Road. And I don't know if you remember this, either of you. We uh, conceded uh, by the sounds of it. against. I was reading a BBC Sport report on it, so this isn't in-depth. sounds like we conceded against a run of play. And then about 10 minutes from time, uh, Jonathan Douglas. Yes, that Jonathan Douglas. Yes, that viral video of Jonathan Douglas. I, uh, Move it one way, then the other way. <laughs>
2: that, he he's that's got, that's right for it, he's
1: got an overhead kick. Did you? Yeah. I promise you, I'm not lying. You can look no. At it the, uh, you can look at it on the highlights. Like, overhead kicks, generous. It's it's more it's more me at fire side overhead kick than Caesar. Uh, Caesar kick? City. But it is an overhead kick nonetheless. Anyways, mm. he's equalised in the 90 90th, 90th minute. A, a looped ball comes. I remember this clear as day because I was in the north mm. stand. A Looped ball comes over over the top and luke chambers comes from about 10 yards away steams into the box meets it perfectly heads it back across goal into the corner wild scenes fantastic win uh kept us right in the mix of the playoffs that year i know unfortunately we fell short at the end uh fantastic game and and that was really good and then the second one is the obvious one so feel free to expand upon this if you went to it um james is brentford away on boxing day 2015. i went with it i stayed Overnight, actually. Went with a friend very early in the car in the morning. A win would have taken a top of the league. And, well, 17 seconds in, we are one nil up. And just delirium in the stands. Go three and up after 30 minutes. Never seen anything like it. Well, well-oiled away support because, famously, Brentford had uh, a pub in every corner of... That's the thing. I, that's party. the thing I...
2: The most about Brentford's old ground is those four pubs. Oh, I did not go to that game, but the the pubs on the corner, the proper old London boozers are just fantastic.
1: Yeah, oh, well, I found a fact as well, the last time we played there, um, the year season we got relegated, I went into a lock-in. Uh, I was invited to a lock-in, rather, with, with some friends. After the game, we lost 2-0, and uh, it was a Tuesday night. That was good fun. But yeah, I mean, ridiculous. Four, we won 4-2 in the end. Tommy Smith scored the fourth oh, in about... That's good goals, that was that's a good goal as wasn't it? Fantastic finish. Standing in a terrace, uh, we went top of the league. Really, really, really thought over that festive period, because we also picked up a couple of crucial wins. I think we beat Charlton as well over that period that it was going to be the year. And obviously it wasn't, but it was a special, special time and a, a very special win.
0: Yeah, I was there as well. That was when I was there as as a support. I'm still supporting now, of course, but I was there in the terrace as well. So I must have probably bumped into a Bloomers celebrating one of those four goals. Because yeah, that oh, was, I mean, I was yeah, I was on the floor though, when the first yeah, goal went in. Yeah, well, so. yeah. that yeah. was unbelievable. Yeah, I do miss Brentford away. Um, you know, we'll have hopefully the experience going to a new Brentford stadium, but it won't it won't be the same, will it? Because um, that was one of a kind stadium. Um, some great ones there, Bloomers. Over to you, then, James. Your best festive fixtures. Yeah, so I've, I've picked
2: two slightly before Christmas, but in the Christmas and festivity vibes. So my, my first one, and uh, I know we were talking about a, a little bit about this last night, Ross, was Ipswich Town 3, Leicester City 0. And uh, if anybody... Oh, so first I'll give you the date. It was December the 18th, 2010. The managers were Roy Keane and Sven Goran Eriksson. And the thing that makes this game more famous than anything else is that the pitch was absolutely covered in snow. It was ridiculous. It was an absolutely farcical game of football, which was absolutely fantastic as a fan, because your side were already winning when the game was threatened to be called off and then it was played on. So what happened is I think Ipswich were 2-0 up and then Stuart Atwell was the referee. I looked that up today. Uh, He took the players off for about 15 minutes and the the ground staff got the cleared the pitch off like cleared the lines and then they came back on they finished the first half we were 3-0 up at half time they had to have an extended half time i've heard that behind the scenes there was talks between roy between uh, the ref and um, between sven and i think roy Keane's just you know anger and kind of demeanor at the time really forced uh, atwell to keep the game on uh town being three nil up is obviously a very commanding position to be in uh so yeah i think it was about a i think we had a 20 minute half time and then we and then the game continued we played out the second half fairly there was nothing really much going on snow was still falling and uh within within 10 minutes of the second half starting again any bits of the pitch which were uncovered had then been covered up again so it was in hindsight, it was completely not suitable for a game of football, but Ipswich were so far ahead. We were all so glad that we managed to see out the result there. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be one that's on the like the comedy reels forever because you should ne- never be playing a game of football in that
1: weather. Fun fun fact about that game. Um, that was my cousin's first and only ever live game of football. She couldn't care less, but she took me when I was... uh wow. was I? Must have been about 16 years old. Um, and we were supposed to be sitting in the lower Britannia stand. We used to sit in block JJ, that's when I used to have a season ticket there. We ended up uh in the top tier of the Britannia stand because it was so bitter, yeah. And we had a bit more shelter up there, but yeah, I think she seemed to think that this is what football fans had to do every week, and she's, <laughs> never, she's never been oh,
2: back. let's not forget it was also on Sky Sports that day. And I think, yeah. I think it was a if correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, but it was a late, it was a late changed game on sky sports because other games had been canceled that weekend or um like in the in a few days before because of the weather so i think it went late onto sky sports so they really wanted to see the game out and
1: uh go on all i know all i know is and i don't know if you touched on this when because i i I missed part of james's answer but with ross's amazing editing you never would have noticed but i'll be honest now just in case i ruin this (laughs) the only reason that game wasn't postponed is because roy Keane was our manager Oh, yeah, (laughs) I mentioned that. I definitely mentioned that. I was going to say, like, absolutely no way on on earth that that gets allowed to to go ahead if it wasn't for the fact that Kino was sitting there melting half the ice with his stare.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I just remember, like, Jason Scotland, long sleeves, gloves, everything. Like, it's just completely, completely fantastic. It was a really unique experience, actually, as a football fan.
1: Because they do, like, what's it called? Um, Like darts not darts watching darts like football go like they show like football old football games like every now and then yeah. that comes up actually quite a lot that game just
2: so yeah. look out it, for it next time yeah I'm, I'm sure it'll be posted on social media again when time comes around next year because it is just one of those timeless games which is like how, how did this ever get finished yeah. um and then i've got one more game which is also which is a bit more of a personal it's a bit more of a personal note about why i enjoyed it but it was also an incredibly Good time to be an Ipswich Town fan. It was Ipswich Town 2, Wigan Athletic 1, December the 21st, 2004. We won 2-1 on that day. We Darren Bent with an 88th or 89th minute winner to send Ipswich top of the championship at Christmas, which doesn't happen too often. And I mentioned that this is on a personal note because for that game and for that game only, I was one of the flag bearers on the tunnel for Portman road. So I, I absolutely, uh, absolutely love that. The club gave me a full kit. So like I was dressed up in the full kit and I got to keep that afterwards. I went to the, I was in the upper South stand with my dad and I, I wasn't like, uh, I wasn't an Ipswich town regular at the time. Let's say I only went to the games ad hoc, but yeah, us winning that day, putting us top, like right, It was just magical as a kid. I, I was uh, Ten years old then, 2004. So yeah, uh, really great day or great evening as a kid. It was an evening game. Um, that game also famous for Leighton yep. Baines put absolutely hoofing one in from about like 40 yards, which is an absolutely ridiculous goal. If you cannot remember that goal, get on YouTube, find those highlights and watch it because it was absolutely outrageous. is it was, Is it was one of those goals you kind of just sit there and stunned and you kind of want to clap because it was just that like how the hell did he did he swazz a ball in from there so it's, um it's yeah currently,
1: it's, it's currently it's currently doing the rounds again on twitter by the way um so, yeah. so look out for it but yeah i because i was there i'll contend this best goal i've ever seen uh at portman road and, yeah it,
2: be, it would have been going around on twitter because it was yeah, December 21st so that's yesterday so the anniversary yesterday of course, yesterday. Yeah, of course. So uh, yeah, please please go and find that. Uh, but also revel in the fact that we scored a last minute winner, and there's absolute absolute scenes around the ground. So uh, top at Christmas, that's quite festive, isn't it? So I think that I think that fits the bill.
0: It does. Well, some great memories there, boys. Some um, some different, very iconic games there as well. And yeah, I, I was there that night as well when we beat Wigan. You know, 89th minute Darren Bent, just great scenes, and always great to. You know, score a late winner definitely in the festive period. Um, okay, then boys, we're going to end the pods with some hot takes for Ulster United at Portman Road. Um, we know they're boring a little bit because we've had their games against them a lot of goalless draws, a lot of draws. Um, hopefully, town can hopefully continue that celebrations of Christmas on Boxing Day with a win. Um, but James Bloomers, what's your thoughts? on this game and your hot takes to sublime to ridiculous bloomers first of all what do you reckon
1: uh ha. my hot take is that there won't be a goal oh. <laughs> um, that is a cold take cold take <laughs> i was i was thinking about this before we before we came on what, what it could be but i think it's a perfect storm for if not a nil-nil something of that ilk to happen in terms of it being low scoring or whatnot because Oxford, not necessarily. I'm not going to call them boring, boring Oxford because that's last season. Um, but I think that we might. I know every crowd's been big this season. Obviously, this, this is the potential to be our biggest crowd of the season. I believe that around twenty-seven and a half thousand home tickets have been sold. Ross, you're you're closer to the club than I am. Is that correct? Is that that figure am I right? Yep. Yeah, sure. Definitely. <laughs> Um, so, anyways, either either way, it's a it's a big, big gate. And yes, we beat Derby with a big gate. Very close game. Um, but it does seem like it's going to be a very expectant crowd. And there might be some fans there that not necessarily go every game because it's Boxing Day and see that we're second in the league and would expect us to win 5-0. And obviously, with the way we play, it's not you know, a given that we're going to come out all guns blazing and go 2 nil up after 10 minutes. It could happen, but it's more than not that we might feel our way into the game, might be 0 nil-nil at 30 minutes, 35 minutes, 40 minutes, all of a sudden the crowd get a bit nervy, Oxford dig in a little bit more, or Oxford could even go 1-0 up, but just for the for the sake of the uptake, we'll say nil-nil. And at that stage, you know, it's not a, a, an atmosphere conducive to a 5-0 home win. I hope I'm wrong, but you said hot takes, so, so that's one that I can see. I haven't... I've seen the highlights working game. I was in a different country for it, so I, I didn't see the full 90. I have seen the vast majority of the highlights now already. It seems that, apart from the, the sitter that was missed by Conor Chaplin, there wasn't really a lot for Ipswich fans to shout about going forward. We do seem to have these spells where we don't get on the front foot or certainly don't create loads of chances. I was at the Exeter yeah. away game the other month and and yes, we, we won 2-0. I certainly don't remember us having a glut of chances. I remember a couple of sort of half ones and, and the two goals. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what does happen. I pray to God I'm wrong, but I'm also quite a few points behind the prediction league that we we have between us and I need a, a shock result to get me up the table. So I'll go 0-0. Nil, nil. I hope I'm wrong. I also think that 0-0 nil, nil wouldn't even be terminal because I feel that, one of the other teams around us, uh, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, or or both of them won't win. And here we go, like classic. I'll be wrong, but I don't think both of them will <laughs> win. So, so we'll see. That's my hot take, and I'll I'll, I'll give the floor away now to James to, to explain exactly why I'm wrong.
2: So yeah, to touch just to touch on the Wiccan point. Yeah, you, you're right. We didn't have a glut of chances. We huffed and puffed, and we were doing our uh percentage-based tactics of let's let's try and work the same opportunities again and again uh, and unfortunately it didn't work. A uh, quick one on Wickham as well not about the game but shout out to all my lads from Capital Blues that I went with on uh, on Saturday. Uh, it was an absolute pain to try and get trains there and back so we did uh, we did some taxi shares and did a taxi share back to the end of the metropolitan line to make sure we could get back, back to London after all the trains had finished. Uh, great group of lads and uh, we ended up drinking outside the uh, the VIP Tesco, uh, <laughs> it's not VIP Tesco, uh, the pub was full, basically. So we went to get some chinese from Tesco and drank out, outside Tesco. And it was uh, it was the most London away day ever, because London people away day ever, because salmon sandwiches were being eaten and uh, Beaver Town was being drunk and Camden House was being drunk. So, yeah, classic Londoners. Uh, but, yeah, had a great time, nonetheless. Ruined by two hours of football, as most Saturdays are. But not this season, so much. And yeah, uh, so moving swiftly on hot take, two hot takes. Hot take number one, Lee Evans and Shawnee Aluko are both going to start this game of football. That is what I think. They're both coming back from injury. They've both had minutes. And I think that Boxing Day will be the game that they both start together. Um, Obviously, Shawnee started a couple of weeks ago, the home game. So that may be not so much a shock. But I think Lee Evans will start this game. I just feel like we're going to need that battle in midfield from Lee and Sammy. Uh, so yeah, my my hot take number one is that Shawnee and Lee will both start the game. And hot take number two is not going to be a nil, it's not going to be a nil-nil draw. And I say that because my hot take is Ipswich Town are going to score a penalty kick. And that mm. is pretty rare for Ipswich Town. I just feel that we get it might be an attack versus defense at a little while. I feel like we will have the players on the pitch to run at them a little bit, and I feel like they might be defending a little bit deep at times, as a lot of teams do. Um So I feel we might have a few little darting runs in the box, and I just I just feel like, and once again, we're a little overdue on a penalty. So we're going to get a penalty, we're going to score it. So that's my hot take. We're going to win the game of football. That is uh, also that is my third my third prediction, but that's not a hot take because we. We've, we're winning a lot of games of football this season, so yeah. Uh, scoring a penalty and scoring the penalty. Uh, who's scoring the penalty? Um, I could tell you who's not scoring the penalty, but uh, exactly. let let let's now let's let's go with who is scoring the penalty. I think uh, Ledapo is going to take it and he's going to score.
1: Because
0: the last one we had was, of course, Chaplin probably Darby. No, Lee- last one we had was against Darby. Yes, but the one we scored, we scored, didn't we, uh, against Walker and Evans. Evans. And then, of course, Connor Chapman missed one prior to that one as well. Because, yeah, we had two penalties in that game. But, yeah, it must have been the Derby yeah. game the last time. So it,
2: it could be Evans again, cause considering that it he's starting starts, this game based on the hot take, take number one. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe Evans. But, yeah, I think I think Freddie. I'm going with Freddie. It, he hasn't, uh, I feel like he needs to, you know, get on the goal-scoring hype again. So, Freddie Lozapo. Okay. But, yeah, that's. Um, I feel like they're not that ridiculous. But they've been thought out. Um, but I don't, I don't want to predict anything ridiculous because I think they're, uh, I think I'm, those two things are going to happen.
0: Nice. Okay. Of course, the last time we've lost the game, we bounced back, and hopefully that is the case. Um, because when we lost against Lincoln and Plymouth, we're back. You know, got wins back to back, which is good. Um, all right, then, boys. Any other business from the Oxford game? I'll, I'm just quickly bringing up this, some of the Boxing Day fixtures in League One. Um, Sheffield Wednesday travel to Fleetwood, enjoy that, and uh, Plymouth travel to Cheltenham, enjoy that. So <laughs> thankfully, we have got a nice home comforts for Boxing Day, no traveling for us. So we can just at travel- least um,
2: at least Plymouth to Cheltenham is like probably the one of the shortest journeys they could do. Fleetwood to Sheffield, uh, sorry, Sheffield to Fleetwood, not that close, but still like not. It's not like coming down Ipswich, so. Um, and they've kind of done that localized thing again, which we were talking about earlier. So yeah, it's obviously nice to be at home and hopefully uh not too many, not too many mince pies for the boys on Christmas Day so we can uh, be all come out firing.
0: Definitely. Um, and of course we do um we won't be doing another fan social this year, as we said. So quick thoughts on the Pompey game as well. Um, once again, this will probably people will be listening to us, you know, when we've seen the option result anyway. But um just quick thoughts on Pompey, you know. We've beaten them already this season. They also beat us in the Papa John's trophy and all that stuff, but that's not how. Yeah. But Bloomers, Pompey, force on that quickly. I'll, I'll keep
1: this very short. Um, I think that it'll be a, as tough a game as it was uh, last season, in, and I think it's the same pre match build up we'll probably have. They're on a bit of a slide right now, but I, I don't go in there with, oh, we're definitely going to win. If, if we win 4 0 again, or was it 4 0? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, if we win 4 0 again, then great, but I think it'll be a much closer game. I, I do see us nicking it. I think we will win, but I don't. If you go into this thinking, oh, Ipswich, Ipswich and Portsmouth are on a massive slide, we'll get found out. And they might even have a new manager by then if they get uh, a bad result on Boxing Day. I do think that won't be the case. I think the calories will still be there. And who knows? It might be Ipswich's win there that sees them uh, sees the owners of Portsmouth pull the plug. But, yeah, I, I think it'll be a tough game, but one that will actually win. I'm more confident of that game than I am on Boxing Day, put it that way. Okay, then. James,
2: um, and from my side, it, I'm I'm sure you're going to get all the rhetoric from Danny Cowley again because he he loves to have well, a
1: He's fighting for his job, so he's going to be laying it on as thick as he can. If you yeah, he so.
2: is he is a bitter and twisted man when it comes to Ipswich Town Football Club. So I feel that he'll yeah, as Bloomer said, he'll be laying it on so hard. And um, I don't really. I think we've got to look at the perspective again. You get four points between those two games. You're yeah, happy as Larry, to be honest. So. Um, I'm com- I'm the converse to Bloomers. I think that I I think we're more likely to win on Boxing Day at home than we are away to Portsmouth, just because I think Portsmouth are a tricky a tricky test. And Oxford, although they've proved a tricky test in the past, and I don't I don't know if we've beaten them or like we've we've got a very poor record against them. Yeah. Um, I just feel like this season is I feel like this season's a bit different. So let's just let's have it so four points between the two games and i I won't complain but yeah uh i never like going to portsmouth like i I only went to fratton park once it absolutely pelted down with rain and i i it's just a it's just a horrible place their crowd is really always up for it so but but maybe maybe they'll get on their backs because they're not having a great time of it at the moment but i know like the crowd is quite fierce there so it's not easy place to go
1: I think six six fantastic, four or three is good. Anything less than that, I would be a little bit concerned.
2: Yeah, if you get two draws, then it's always like, oh, you're unbeaten, but you, you'd rather a win than a loss in a way, wouldn't you? Well, you get yeah. more points, so common sense, isn't it?
0: Yes, <laughs> always, always the way. Um, all right then, boys. Two big games to come up. Looking forward to those, Boxing Day, and then, of course, trip to good old Fratton Park. Um, Bloomers, you've been able to get rid of the ticket yet? I know you... Uh... Ha, yes,
1: uh, yes um, I came into possession of a Portsmouth ticket which I um, gave away on Twitter and it has been taken by some, well provisionally taken by someone that I'll be meeting in the <laughs> of the and for an away game, that was my email going off by the way, <laughs> uh, Someone, someone's emailing me saying that they want the ticket or don't want the ticket, I'll have to check that in a minute. But yeah, uh, they'll, they'll be having that, and I will be going to Lincoln though, which I'm looking forward to. Start of dry January for me, uh, so that would be a, a challenge, a slight challenge. What
2: what's dry January? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't need it or are uh, sheltered. Uh, <laughs> me, I will be going the entire month of January without drinking any alcohol. A, a health-based decision on a couple of levels. Um, and one that's probably about overdue considering last couple of weeks have seen me go to Belgium and Scotland, which is two nations renowned for their
2: oh, beers and whiskeys
1: and alcohol. So I think I've had my fill, especially after Christmas and Boxing Day.
0: And New Year's Eve, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fantastic! All your best, yeah. Of course, yeah, we, yeah, we've got Lincoln City, of course, on the second of the jam, but we went. We oh, I love not talking about like that. This, no, no, <laughs> I know, we're fine, we've had enough. We've You're had right. a good chat, so,
1: boys. People are probably people are already either at their destination having listened to sisters in the car or are now on their driveway waiting to hear the end of it. And yeah.
0: if you up. if you
2: got this far, I congr- congratulate you. Well, <laughs> done. <laughs> well, done. <laughs> well, well done, well done Well done to the uh Kings of Anglia fans, social hard, hard boys and girls out there. Yeah,
1: you, you, your badge is in the post.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh well James Bloomers, thank you as ever. Um been a great year doing this podcast, been a great year doing all the other content we've done. Um, of course, look out for game day. If you want to get involved in future fan socials in twenty twenty three, of course get in contact with me at RossMena UK on Twitter and all the other I'll socials. I'm gonna involved. interrupt
1: you before you do your sponsor. Huh? Um on behalf of me and Jay. James yeah. doesn't know that
0: on behalf of me no, and Jay- absolutely. I,
1: me. I think first of all and last of all. A massive thank you to Ross, because without oh. him and his yeah. tireless work throughout the season and his late nights, early mornings, everything in between, none of this would be would be happening. We yeah. are lucky to be able to do this, and we've met new people because of Ross setting this up. So,
2: Ross, yeah, you you yourself your a-
1: open, give yourself a massive pat on the back. You're a legend, and you've done so much for Ipswich uh, on social media. I know you're getting paid for it, but you've still done a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And-
2: and- and like you've you've created an amazing community, you've allowed us to all become friends, all English town fans. And like if anybody is out there is feeling like they need some more people that they want to go to football with, then please get in touch with Ross because you know we're always looking for more people as well to kind of come into the fold and contribute. But yeah, Ross, you've done an Ross, absolutely well, fantastic buddy. job and for I the last few the years. Board. So thank
0: you very much. Make me blush, boys. Make me blush. Thank you so much for that. Um, But yeah, I couldn't do it without you guys. I couldn't do it without all the listeners out there. If you didn't listen, guys, well, there's no point doing a podcast without any listeners. So um, yeah, it's been one hell of a year. Hopefully it continues in 2023. Um, Of course, big shout out to our sponsors at Manscaped. Use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery and all that sort of stuff. You probably maybe missed the delivery for Christmas Day, but get some more stuff for 2023. And of course, Ginger Pickle for all your marketing needs. The GOATS. Of marketing. Um, thanks for all for listening to all the podcasts this year. And um, of course, we have a Christmas special with the main boys um, on Christmas Day. So look look out for that one. But uh, thanks for listening all year long. And uh, up the town. Happy Christmas. Happy New Year. Bye bye for now. Happy Christmas,
2: Upper Town.